12-yard strike, second touchdown throw to Wicks. This one on third down, and the Packers extend their lead 13-6. Joining you at right here on your home for the Bears, and it was a fun ride all year in our first year of being your home for the Chicago Bears. Thank you for letting us into your radios and phones, smart speakers, however you listen, on game days. What are you going to do with your Sundays now? I'm going to watch football. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to watch it. Um just like I have you now stay but off your swing. Uh, um I'm sure one of our teams will lead me to the swing of sadness. Yes. Uh, just when uh, last week I thought I was going to be able to cut it down, I was back out in the dark on the swing last night. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Well, at least at that I, I point, did. you acknowledge that the young man who wears number 10 in green and gold up there played a pretty good game. He and played a great game. Resulted in you being underneath your kid's playset. I, I, I could not believe it. And um, it really is like it, the week is the same week that I've been going through for Bears Packers week for the last several years. You pull up the stats. You're shocked by how many games in a row the Bears have lost. It's crazy. But going into this game, it's like. Ooh, they've lost nine in a row. Ooh, they've lost 14 of 15. Ooh, they've lost 24 of 27. Has it really been that many? And then you're like, okay, it's been really bad, but I feel really good about this game because the Bears have their stuff together now. And now they've got them at the right time, just like the Lions last year. This is the perfect time. They're going to close the season out with five out of six wins, and they're going to finish it eight and nine. How many times are you going to touch that stove? Well, like, I know. I mean, I, I, get, I don't think I'll ever learn. Well, at least their QB stinks, right? The, For you? the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least the quarterback. For the Packers stinks, right? I'm going to win this one eventually. Gonna, how, how are you going to win this one? It's like a broken clock. Gonna, I don't know. I'm going to be but right twice. When were you right the first time? I'm waiting. I, I'm still no. <laughs> so wait a second. <laughs> you can take the clock analogy, and I said clock and kick it out the window. You got to be right one time first. He was been right about the quarterback yet. He was bad in October. Yeah, and I think he so. was bad in I, October. I think November and December and early January is the anomaly. 18 touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, I'm, that's the anomaly. This is the anomaly. Name his receivers. Wicks. Reed. Just uh, going last names, right? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and then, uh, obviously, he had Dobbs, and he was knocked out of the game yesterday. Uh, he had Melton. There you go. Uh, Tucker Craft. Tight end. Yeah, so I mean, Musgrave tight end. He just, Luke Musgrave just came back yeah. yesterday. Yep. Did he even hit him yesterday? Did Musgrave have a catch yesterday? I don't know. I know Tucker Craft had a few. Uh, no, I mean it, 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 Luke Musgrave one catch for eleven he yards. Did have a catch. Malik Keith had three catches Malik. for nine yards. It's pretty crazy. No, I know. It's it's pretty crazy. By the way, Tevin Jenkins, you pointed out to me 12 minutes ago. Josh Schrock, who does a good job, uh, he's, in, is, he's NBC Sports yes. Chicago, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He tweeted out the Bears' offensive line uh, in pass protection against the Packers. They really let down it was not good. Justin Fields. It was yeah. not good. And Braxton Jones, four pressures, one sack. Tevin Jenkins, four pressures, two sacks. 
Dan Feeney, three pressures, one sack, on and on. I would suggest to you that a, the largest reason as to why they only were able to score nine points, their big, the biggest culprit was the collective play of their offensive line. Yes, yes. And Tevin Jenkins retweeted that and wrote, my worst game at the worst time, I'm sorry, Bears fans. Uh, you asked, I, I mean, I don't have a great explanation either for why he was as bad as he was because he's had a fantastic year when healthy. He, I did not see, see the same level of, of, of athleticism or aggression. I heard the good kid talking about it. Like whoever was playing against him did a really nice job with his hands. Like when Tevin gets his hands on you, like he can lock you up because he's mm-hmm. big and strong. But whoever was playing against him, it looked like job one was to make sure that you knock those hands off or knocked them away. And they did a really nice job. That is where I uh, look. I mean, I can bust your chops forever about the play of Jordan Love. But I think the one thing that's most consistent about what the Packers have done better than us over and over again is is that they have won at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. Their defensive line always seems to give our offensive line trouble and vice versa. I, look, I, I, we've all had a newborn at home, yes? Doesn't he have a newborn at home? I think so. I, I, maybe he's not getting sleep. I have no idea what it was. It just wasn't a good, it was not a good game for him. And unfortunately, Justin Fields was on the receiving end of I'm some of his excuses mistakes. excuses for a player that I like. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do right now. Right. Because I like, I, 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 I really like Tevin Jenkins. I do too. I, again, I, I was an advocate of him playing at a Pro Bowl level for the, for the, the time he was available. So here's, here's what's going on if you're just getting into your car. Today, the Bears held exit interviews with the coaching staff. Um, the, there was an open locker room period where the players cleaned out their lockers, but there was no press conference today or any announcement on coaching changes or actually if they're keeping anybody. So we still don't know anything. Courtney speculated that maybe we'll get a press conference on Wednesday. What they're trying to do or what they're thinking, whether it's changing out an OC, whether they think maybe they're looking to see if there's a home run hire out there. Uh, Is there a chance they could get Harbaugh? Is there someone out there that they may take a swing at that they think they can get? And if not that guy, then they'll keep the current coaching staff. If Jim Harbaugh is willing to move on from Michigan, of course they have a shot at him. Well, I think I don't you the way things have gone without knowing like cuz I know you talked to Jim but not in detail about coaching. No, I don't. Don't the way things have gone publicly through the media doesn't it feel like he's taking a, an NFL job. I would think that it's more likely that he moves on to the NFL than not. At this point, I don't know if that's 75%, it's 55%, at what percentage it, it, it is. I mean, look, he's been suspended for six, six weeks this year and really didn't talk much about a lot of stuff. And he's playing for a national championship tonight. I think you get a much better feel for what Jim's plans are starting tomorrow. This was him over the weekend. Yeah, there's a calendar. I'll, I'll, I'll finally talk about the future uh, next week. And I hope to have one. How about that? A future? I hope to have one. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> He's as quirky as the day is He long. hired an agent for the first time in a long time, right? Don, Don, Don Yee. Yee. Yep. 
So a guy who's known to have NFL ties of too. Course, yes. Yeah. So look, I, I mean, where where would you put your? I would say better than fifty percent that he yeah, moved forward I, I to think the it's NFL. Eighty five percent, really? Yes, I think. I what think percentage did I give that he would be the Bears coach? What would I give you? Sixty percent? Yeah, that surprised me. I remember that. Do you think that's too low or too high right now? Too high, really? I do. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, what are you telling us? I'm not telling you anything. Oh, I don't know. You, I, you, what I, do you no. know here? What I do you know? I swear, wow. I swear to God, I don't know anything. I don't Nothing. know. You've kind of got to, you're not looking even to me at the eye, in the eye right I'm now. Looking you're looking at you. I'm, you I'm looking at away. you. Now you're blushing. No, now I'm your not, face I'm not is blushing. red. I, my face is red because I have high blood. No, I don't have high blood pressure. Mel, are you, you know Waddle. Doesn't he seem, but he's playing coy with us here. I'm saying this to you again. I'm not, I swear to you, I'm not lying to you. I have no idea. Nothing. Zero. I can show you my text exchanges. Which it, last time I sent you him a text deleted those was texts. after they, I didn't. After they beat Alabama, I didn't get anything back from him. He's Do you know the, how to delete tweets? Or probably text, not. Text. Probably he's not. got the special texts, though, that now delete on their own. That's not true. Because that's what happens when true. you're involved in a scandal. I have no insight at all. <laughs> None. Zero. This Zilch. text... This this text will will uh, delete invisible, on its own. Yes. Yield invisible ink text. Self destructed. Ten seconds. Does t- does the result of tonight's game in any way push Harbaugh towards? Like if they if they lose, is he more likely to go back? That's a great question. I would say that if they win, yeah, it feels much easier for much him to leave. Easier for him to leave if they you lose. Do? Yes, yeah, I think so. If he wins, it's much easier to walk away because he. Gets the national title. They've got this, you know, whatever weird sanctions. Now it's time for him to move on. And, like, at that point, he will have done something that that Bo has never done. Bo Schembeck. Yeah, that, you were surprised by that, that Bo yeah, Schembeck has never won. a national won. title. So you get the national title in your back pocket. Now it's time to go win a, a Super Bowl, right? Isn't it? Yes, I think so. I think it's more likely. But, again, just guessing. I have no clue. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. So, what do you guys believe will happen this week? What will polls announce? Um, polls, by the way, said this on the pregame show yesterday. I don't know if you heard this. He he doesn't want to have any noise from any fans. That he so he canceled or he he got off of Twitter. I think it was just yesterday I deleted Twitter, so I no longer look at that and won't until <laughs> until May. So. Um, I love our fans, but I'm taking you know very little advice from from the bird, or it's not the bird anymore; it's the X. But yeah, um, just clear mind. Gonna have a clear mind. Lean on the people I trust, um, and I have a lot of them. And we're gonna make good decisions. But uh, I think it's important to really maintain the, the clear mind, so you make sound decisions like we've we've done from the very beginning. Great idea. Do you know what they always say? You start listening to the fans and sooner. Rather than later, you'll be sitting with him. That was a old Bill Polian yes. uh, line. And he, of course, was guided through the process from Bill Polian. I think it's, listen, I think we should all delete Twitter for a while. <laughs> Some of I the, think you should have a while ago. No, I know, but we, 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 I, it's, it's a way to gather news. It's a way to promote the show. It's a way to let people come on and insult you in a horrible way as well. What, what do you believe Ryan Poles' Twitter handle was? Do you believe like it was... One that know. you would have never known? Probably or? so. It would have probably been one that was that that made him anonymous. That'd B- be my guess. BC, 
O-lineman? I probably wouldn't make him anonymous, so no, I would guess he would choose something different. I, again, I don't think it's I don't I don't think there's anything that can be added in a constructive fashion for him to be on Twitter. Or if you have it, don't look at it. Don't look at the mentions. Just don't look at anything. Uh, Why does if he listen? He's got oh, a, he's for the general manager. Yeah. What good does it do? Right. right, right. If he wants to talk to someone or gather some information, he just calls the person. Yeah. Yeah, like our foreman, I, I always remember this. We were sitting out uh, doing the show in the concourse by the brew pub, and he told us that he used to go on the, the old school message boards and yeah. read what the Bulls fans used to say. Just to get a feeling, t- take the temperature I, of the Bulls fans. very fan. odd. I don't yes. think you want to do that. Not when you're the general manager. No. Like if you because here's, here's the thing that I would say to that as well. We all would just make the assumption, well, a general manager or someone in charge is never going to listen or not be influenced. We're all human beings, right? Even those that are entrusted with really big sports decisions, you're still a human being. So you start reading something or you get locked in on it. I would think that the best thing you can do is just separate yourself from all of it. All right. And I think it's a great decision on his behalf. So your thoughts on yesterday's game. What's your emotion? Are you angry about yesterday? Uh, Waddle uh, tried to sell us that maybe it was a blessing in disguise to sh- show that maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. And there's, there's a, lot a lot of work, work to do. do. Um, uh, what is your what is your guess on the first move this week? Is Eberflus coming back? Should he come back? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's go to Mark in Oakbrook. Mark, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up? Hey guys, how are you? Good. We're good. Good, good. Hey, uh, we talked like last month. Um, I wanted to bring up the elephant in the room, and uh, which is the ownership, Virginia McCaskey. And he said the callback. Let's wait to see what Kevin Warren does, and we pretty much know what he's going to do. You know, he told Tracy Wolfson what the story was: stadium plan, culture plan, stability. No sense of disappointment. It's business as usual. Comes from the top down. Comes from Virginia. Comes from the ownership. Simple as that. I mean, do you I don't really think Virginia, think Virginia has any. I don't think she has a whole lot of input into what's what's transpiring right now. She just turned one hundred and one. Um, that's why they hired. You know, I, I understand, Tom. You know, when she took over the team, she wasn't one hundred and one. She was sixty. And that, this is the culture that she's created. That's top down is created. You know, um, there's no single decision on a player that sets a franchise back a decade. But ownership can set it back, as we've seen. You know, happened in Washington, and it's kind of happening here. They don't go out of their comfort zone. They just don't. That's how they run the organization. Um, And they don't take chances. Mark, I think I said to you the first time that that you're, like, like, again... And by the way, we still haven't seen anything happen yeah. up at Hallis, so I would still ask everyone to be patient and see what happens. It's like, you bring up some very valid points. I've always said it starts at the top. This was our discussion from last time. I don't believe that Virginia plays a role in this. It is her grant. It is her kids who who who, who are making these decisions. Um, her, her son, I guess. Yes, I mean, it's, it's George, um, and now George has Kevin Warren in this 
in this chair, and, and, and we'll see what he decides. But, yeah, I mean, of course, it always starts with ownership. And with good ownership, you usually find well-run organizations that win. But don't you see that there's a problem? Even, like, God, Fields almost had his head taken off yesterday by the Packers. And, honestly, not enough anger about it. You know, that's your rival, the rival you haven't beat in ages, and you're still not beating and you're chasing them. And there's just a culture that's been created here where it's stay the course, be steady. You can just see and feel the demeanor. And it comes across in the players a lot of times. Well, again, this is, this is a huge... Um, you know, four, I'm sorry, Mark. There's a huge fork in the road moment. For all I know, George walked into Mark Murphy's uh, suite and slapped him. I don't know. No, he didn't. You know George wouldn't do that. No, I know he wouldn't do that. But if that's what you wanted him to do in response to a no call on Justin again, I'm with you. Virginia's not making decisions, football decisions. But but again, this is the huge fork in the road moment. This is the moment with the number one pick, the number nine pick. A moment with the quarterback to make the decision. uh, uh, A moment with the coach. Are you going to put the... Everybody on the same timeline. It, it, it's a bit with the stadium issue looming. It is a very big moment. Will the Bears rise uh, to the challenge? Ra- right, rise to the challenge, and will they do business differently? What was it, Carmen, who texted us in the in our uh, little uh, 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 text of chat where he said, "I think they have won. They have one season where they're above five hundred since Lovey, and that's twenty eighteen. Or was that you?" I did not send that. I think um, since Lovey Smith was dismissed, they have one year where the Bears have a, yeah, a, it, an above 500 season, and that's 2018. The hope has been that that they moved on from Ted and they, they, they hired Kevin Warren and that Kevin Warren will bring a new perspective and that he's been given the autonomy to do what he needs to do, not just for the, the stadium situation, but allow Ryan Poles with his input to do his job. And we'll find out whether or not it's business as usual or that maybe they, there's a different feel up there. I don't know if you'll know that until the next week or so. This is what uh, the caller was referencing about Tracy Wilson's report. Well, Jim, I had a chance to speak with Bears team president and CEO Kevin Warren before the game, and he told me tomorrow the coaches will have a final meeting with the players, and then he and Ryan Poles will have their end-of-the-year process and recap with the coaches. One thing he stressed to me is the importance of stability. They have a stadium plan, a team plan, and they have a culture plan, and he's been very pleased with what he's seen in terms of the improvement of Justin Fields and this team this year. And Kevin Warren mentioned to me his time with Dick Vermeil and the L.A. Rams and how it took until year three to put it all together. He sees this as a similar situation. Certainly will be interesting to see what the Bears ultimately do, guys. Stability is great when you have Michael, Scotty, and Dennis and Phil. Mm-hmm. Stability may not be great. When it's Matt Eberflus, well, when it's Matt Eberflus, no offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator, and a head coach or a a quarterback that you may be out on, that's not really stability just to keep the coach. What are you doing then? I also want to know what the stadium plan is. Well, I think you're going to get it soon. I think think they're going to, well, I mean, I think he's hinted that this week. He gave you a little bit of a tease. 
And I think when he does meet the media, he's going to give you a little more. Did they buy some property out down here on the lakefront? I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it would be an, don't sooner th- rather than later would be good. Don't you think it's going to be an upset now if they don't build downtown? Uh, or, or, probably. Or Probably. because they still have the land in Arlington, are, are you still banking on that? I, I thought for a long time that that was almost a certainty, but we, when when Kevin Warren took over and assessed the situation, it, sh- it feels now that they're strongly leaning to somewhere other than Arlington Heights, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it sounds like the downtown right by Soldier. That's what Wilbon's been telling us for months. Gio on the west side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Gio? <laughs> Hey, guys, I'm going to try to do this really quickly. All right? Uh, the problem with the Bears is the offensive and defensive line, as we saw yesterday. Tevin had a bad game. Sometimes it happens. I'm a 200 bowler. Sometimes I bowl a 139. 200 right. bowlers <laughs> going on. Yeah. Have you bowled yeah, a perfect game? Have you ever rolled a perfect game? Not yet. I got a 290. I got a 290. Let me get to this stuff. All right. Bryce Young got drafted before Stroud. Who did? Trubisky got drafted. Trubisky got drafted before Mahomes and Watson. Uh, Zach and Wilson, Zach Wilson and uh, Trey Lance got drafted before Justin. All right, none of those five guys are 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 starters. Justin's two six three two thirty and runs a four four. Uh, Caleb Wilson, Williams. Caleb Williams is six one two twenty and runs a four six. Josh Allen is six five two thirty eight and four seven. Justin Fields is closer to Josh Allen than Caleb Williams is. All right, so we've got a quarterback. Get an offensive line. Yesterday you saw the difference in the game was the Bears got three scores. Green Bay got three scores. They got two touchdowns. When we were in touchdown range, third down in the, in the, on the other side of the field, they had a great blitz scheme, and they got to our quarterback. People are complaining about Justin not getting the ball away. Did you see those blitzes? It was no time to get the ball away for Justin. So you keep your quarterback off of his ass, and he'll be as good as uh, the kid yesterday. Love ain't that good. Yeah. Justin was 11 for 14. Just, love ain't that good. We just didn't put any pressure on him. We but need it somebody just, that's going to wasn't just to us. It wasn't just us, Gio. I mean, he, he was playing games before we went up there to kick things off. I mean, he was on a streak of, what, 16 touchdowns and one interception in his last seven games. I mean, I think it's – to prop if, up if Justin up, is one thing. To try to tear down Jordan Love seems to be a silly way to prop up I'm Justin. I'm here for that. I'm here well, for that. Well, put, put it this way. Put it this way. If you put somebody in, in Tom Brady's face, his, his, his completion percentage is going to go down. Course, we just anybody. never put any pressure on Love. He didn't get pressure. He, the stats said he didn't get pressure all day yesterday. He was 84%. You let me ask you a question, Gio. Why, is it, oh, why don't you say Justin can do all of this other stuff without tearing down Jordan Love? Why, why is it necessary to – Jordan Love completed 27 of 32 passes for 362 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. That's completely separate than anything we're talking about with Justin. Why are they inter- – Intermingle and well, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying Jordan Love's not all that. He did all of that, and they got 17 points. You do that. You do all of that stuff. You should have 35 points. Don't make me. Don't, don't make me points. fight for Jordan Love, though. I mean, he two of his receivers so I'm, dropped I'm, I'm really touchdowns. I, 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 Gio, I'm, just, I'm just saying. 
if we get if we get we got three wins better this year, if we get three wins better next year, if we got ten wins, we're in the playoffs. Are we gonna get are we gonna be in the Super Bowl next year? Not with Dustin, not with Caleb, not with the kid from North Carolina. You know, if the, um so it's we're gonna be at least two to three years from playing for an NFC right, championship. Right. Gio, if thanks. we restart this clock, we're gonna be three or five years. Right? Happy bowling, okay? Yes. Let me play you something from Daniel Jeremiah. Can I just tell you real quick too? I just want to recite these because I, we got into numbers. Chase Claypool is six foot four, two thirty five, and runs a four four. I just wanted to say that doesn't equate to you being a great football player because of your size, and it doesn't mean because you're six one and two hundred pounds and run a four six that you can't also be a really good player. Dude, how about real quick? It was seventeen to nine yesterday. The Packers didn't punt. And if Bo Melton makes that catch, it's another touchdown. And they miss a field goal. And then at the end of the half, they don't get out of bounds. They had they basically should have had twenty seven points right. pretty D- easily. D- D- the Dobbs throw was perfect, and Dobbs had it knocked away by Stevenson. That's when he got hurt. And then they missed that field goal. And then Waddle, and then the second one was yes. Mountain. Mountain, yeah. Waddle then, was saying that was the best throw Love had all game, no an incompletion. And then they they had to kick the field goal there, yes. so they left four on the they left four out there. Listen, I know we're just playing right here, but you don't. You can have an evaluation and a feeling about Justin that is completely separate from your evaluation of the guy up north. Yeah, and to suggest that he hasn't played well or he hasn't been that good is just not being honest. No, or I don't know what your measurements are. We, we, it's we, not his fault. We'd be that, going crazy. We'd be. It would be unanimous if Justin played like that. I mean, like they've had defensive issues more than they've had anything. He's been really good. That's just reality. It sucks because they've gone from Favre to Rodgers, and in his first year, doesn't mean he's going to the Hall of Fame, but in his first year, he's thrown for better than four thousand yards and thirty-two touchdowns. Like, that's a damn good year for a 10-year vet. Not just a guy making his first career It's a franchise year for the Bears. Yes. Here's Daniel Jeremiah, who is a former scout. He covers the draft for NFL Network. He's one of the analysts for the Chargers. He was on with us before the Chargers game. Uh, He's a great guest. This was him not too long ago. This was today, wasn't it, Yep, earlier today. This was earlier today on the NFL Network talking about uh, the Bears quarterback situation. So there was I haven't G- heard this. So this is Geo's analysis you just heard. Now this is Daniel Jeremiah not too long ago on the NFL Network. To me, I've been saying this throughout the process. I feel like this decision, while it's going to be difficult in the environment in Chicago because of the pressure and the popularity of Justin Fields, if you step back, remove yourself from that and look at it, This is, to me, it's a no-brainer. You are going to trade Justin Fields. You are going to draft a quarterback with that first overall pick. You're going to go from paying, having to pay a quarterback, which in field you'd have to pay him forty plus million, to now being able to get one for about nine or ten million. Yeah. And that thirty million dollars worth of savings, go help your team. And the draft picks you get for Justin Fields, go help your team. Build around a new quarterback. Reset that clock. That's the smart thing to do. And to me, it's not even. I mean, the money is one thing. The more important focus here. Is as if you evaluate the guys that are available to you because you have the first overall selection and you're more interested in them and think they are better players than your current quarterback. 
then regardless of whether or not you're resetting any financial clock, you make that decision. Right. And, and like you said earlier, you said this, and I think this is very, very important. If you can put that light on Justin and you can say, if we can get better in the building by evaluating what we've got with the number one pick, if there is a home run hire a coach, you must do the exact same thing. Yes. Because I believe Justin is better at his job than Matt Eberflus is at his job. And if you're going to do this with Justin Fields, Justin Fields is good in the room, too. Everyone says that Matt Eberflus hasn't lost the locker room. Justin Fields is as good of a leader as they've got in that locker room. The players would follow Justin Fields anywhere. If you can look at that that way fairly with Justin Fields and simply say we can get better by going forward and trading Justin Fields, you must do the same thing with Matt Eberflus. And at your left tackle. And at your three tackle. That goes without saying. And at your other rush ends. Everywhere. Yes. You have to do that with your head coach. Russell in Jefferson Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Russ? Hey, Ronald A. Sylvie. Uh, I was at the game last night. Uh, super, super painful. Um, my point is this. Uh, players, coaches, the real litmus test for me is you got to see if you got – if Fields was available, how many teams would pick him up in a flat second? If Eberflush was available, <laughs> I don't think he would even get a single interview of, from any team – for a head coaching position. Uh, Waddle, I, I also understand what you're saying and agree with you. You know, again, I think we may have thought we were, you know, one or two picks away or something else like this, and this really showed we got a lot to go. But it was one of the most painful experiences going to that Lambeau field and getting beat like that again. And the the, the fans were almost had pity on us. It was horrible. Ugh. That's what Thayer's been complaining about. Yeah, the patronizing. Yeah, when you're when you're overly you on friendly. The top yes. of your head. Uh, good try, guys. Good try. Yep. Uh, Marcus in Minnesota. What's up, Marcus? Are you guys going to get along? I'm just talking. Hey, I'll talk behind hey. his back. Okay. Hey, hey, man. Silvy's my guy. You guys are my guys. I'll tell you my enemy. Jay Hood. You got to call Jay Hood then and hash it out. No, listen. I'm telling you. I said this last time. Those guys don't like con- they don't like anybody talking to anybody that strongly disagrees with them, and that's why I said when you hang up the phone, they misrepresent your point you was trying to make. And Jay Hood is definitely notorious for it. Cabis, Cabis, he can he can he can debate with you sometimes. Jay Hood does does not take opposing his takes too well. He he will yeah. I think we should arrange a debate between I, you and Jay Hood. How about a talk? It doesn't even have to be a debate because that connotates oh. something negative. Let's just have a conversation. Oh, man, I would kill Jay Hood in debate because he has terrible takes on Justin Fields. As a person, though, I like him. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just my opinion on him. I, I, I think he really gets uh, defensive when you disagree with his take. Well, what do you have to say to us today, Marcus? So you guys kind of – I kind of agree with points you you guys have been making. Uh, Waddle, you said earlier that the Bears need to have the same thought process with the coach as the quarterback. You can upgrade just like at a quarterback. If you can upgrade a coach, you do it. And I was saying um, when I called in, 
I actually think the most important decision this offseason is the coach instead of the quarterback. The reason being, so Courtney said something when you guys were talking to her. She said, well, what, what coordinator is going to want to come in and then Evil Fools can be gone next year? That's what, what, why would you even mix that up like that? So to me, if you have a chance at Harbaugh, Harbaugh has proven, he's, he's proven himself in college and in the NFL. Unlike Caleb, Caleb, oh, I, don't even, I don't want to go that route, but he's proven himself. So what 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 reason what has Ibushu's done exceptionally well to make you bypass looking at Harbaugh? We can hey you did a good job you improved on the record but we got we got some some uh, we got a chance at uh, Harbaugh and then I, I'll say this so um oh my God I just I just so oh so this is what I would say you're Harbaugh, not going to win a debate is, that way with Jay Hud. Nope, this is what I'll do. I, I, I got my point. I, I remember it. So I would hit Harbaugh down. Forget what, what, what the guys at NFL Network, the, the reports you just said. So forget what everyone says. Every scout says Caleb is good. And some say Keith Fields. Forget whatever they say. Bring Harbaugh in. Harbaugh, you, you watched him play. You, you, you know the good you, you You've played. Um, you've seen uh, Caleb Williams in college. You've seen Justin Fields. Let's pull out the tape on him. Can this be fixed? Or do you think we need to take Keller Williams? Let him decide. Collaborate with him and let him decide if, if he's a if he's a person to take or if we should keep Justin Fields. That's what I think. Do not don't overthink it. Don't pass up on Harbaugh for Eberflus. Harbaugh can do everything that Eberflus has done. He can he can still have a great defense, and he knows he knows quarterbacks. We don't know if we rolling the dice if we bring in Caleb. We said we bring it if we draft Caleb and and and. and Eberflus hires another bad coordinator, then we're, we're going through the same cycle again. Of course. Like you guys said, the timelines are different. So why take the risk when he's there? Just, well, Marcus, this is what I would say to, to that thought. <clears throat> Thanks, There's, Marcus. Thanks for the call. There's risk to everything. There's risk to deciding to take that path, not getting the progress that you were hoping for from Justin in year four, and watching Caleb Williams or Drake May go on and play like C.J. Stroud has. Like, there's risk involved in all of this. All of it. So to suggest that you're eliminating the risk by just keeping Justin and not drafting one of these guys first overall, I think is is a myth. There's risk attached to all of these decisions. Every path has a risk. There's right. no my, doubt. My buddy Perry is a big believer in Justin. He believes that he's gotten the shaft. He believes with the right... Again, he believes in all the athleticism and all the tools. He believes with the right nurturing that he will eventually become the quarterback. Um, and I and I say, look, it, it, it's time. I want to drive. And he goes, well, can you guarantee me that Caleb Williams is going to be? And I, I said, no, I can't. I can't care because of what that same point I can't about guarantee, the risk. I, and I can't uh, guarantee you that Justin is going to blossom right. into – what you all want him to blossom into they're, just they're, because you're going to, you know, coach him differently going forward. I can't be There's no guarantee. I, I, I can't be scared, though, to draft another quarterback because of that risk. Absolutely. Though. There's risk attached to all of these decisions. And again, if you, I mean, look, the guy, D'Amico Ryans took a team that was dreadful. They won 10 games this year. People forget that. It can be done. People forget how dreadful they were. They, they, they. Now again, every time we get stuck in the it moment, it was a poisonous franchise. Poisonous with Easter Easterby, Jack Easterby. Remember his name? Yes. 
They were terrible. They were firing coaches left and right. No one wanted to work for them. No one wanted to work for them. And, and their line was not up to stuff at the beginning of the year. No. He was playing behind a, a line that wasn't healthy. What's his name who had the mask? Jeremy uh, uh, Tunsil. Tunsil wasn't healthy for several weeks at the beginning of the year. And then we've gone through the skill positions. Yeah, I mean, I just don't... Th- I'm not one that buys this thought that one one decision is risk-free, the other one's loaded with a risk. They're all risky. They're all risky. Yeah, of course. But it's it's time that you get it right. They're paid to get it right. Absolutely. And you and I have said this for a month now. Whatever direction you go, coach, OC, quarterback, get it right. And it's what you should ask for. Bob in Rosemont, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bobby? Good afternoon, fellas. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. We haven't spoken since. Um, In terms of the comments that were made by Warren yesterday, I thought I kind of take an entirely different spin on some of what I've heard. Okay. You know, when you start talking about stability, everyone is assuming that means that you're going to maintain the echo chamber environment that pretty much prompted his hiring. The whole purpose for his hiring and the McCaskies bringing in an outsider rather than simply promoting someone within the organization was that they had realized that the way they were doing business and the manner in which they were evaluating and self-evaluating may have been deficient. And they wanted someone, as, as Tom has indicated, with a, a new set of eyes and, and a certain degree of autonomy to call things as he saw that sees it rather than as they have historically seen it. And, and the second point would be, when he talks about stability, everyone is presuming that means you're going to maintain the status quo and keep everyone in place or largely do so. And I look at it as is him basically doing what everyone has recognized has been a problem, and that is with the staggering of contracts and never maintaining the continuity between coach, coordinator, quarterback. He could just as easily come back a couple of days from now having fired the entire staff and basically say the reason we did that is because we intend on uh, considering a new quarterback and we want to make sure that the, the, the play caller and the coach and everyone is on the same page, on the same track, consistent with our long-term plan for the stadium, et cetera, as he's, he's alluded to. So, so I think basically he's, he's opening up the door to later um, changing course entirely and doing so on the basis of creating stability because what he has seen in what has occurred over the past several administrations is fundamental instability. So that's the way I look at it, and and, and I think that uh, at least a balanced approach is wise as long as we're relegated to reading tea leaves uh, until the decision actually is announced, and hopefully by the end of the week. Bob, I, I would agree on this front about the stability issue. I think you create stability or you emphasize stability if you keep everyone as, as, as you know in their positions now, coach, OC, and quarterback, or you move on from all of them. And I can understand how you create instability if you stagger these, these positions. If you keep the head coach and hire a new offensive coordinator, what are you going to do with a quarterback situation? Are you going to stick with this quarterback? I think you either, for stability reasons, if we're going to follow the breadcrumbs of stability, it would seem to me that using that logic, you either keep them all or bounce them all. Right? Here's, here's the one line that threw me off about that. 
Well, Jim, I had a chance to speak with Bears team president and CEO Kevin Warren before the game, and he told me tomorrow the coaches will have a final meeting with the players, and then he and Ryan Poles will have their end-of-the-year process and recap with the coaches. One thing he stressed to me is the importance of stability. They have a stadium plan, a team plan, and they have a culture plan, and he's been very pleased with what he's seen in terms of the improvement of Justin Fields and this team this year. And Kevin Warren mentioned to me his time with Dick Vermeil and the L.A. Rams and how it took until year three to put it all together. He sees this as a similar situation. Certainly will be interesting to see what the Bears ultimately do, guys. That line about Vermeil and the Rams in the first two years, how it didn't look great with the Rams, that doesn't sound like uh, someone who wants to make changes. No, I agree with you. So, like, he's arguing that, well, changes could be made to create stability, but the way that was framed with Warren relaying to Tracy Wolfson on CBS that the stability in comparison with what he saw with the Rams, with Dick Vermeil, even with two really bad years in St. Louis, you know, and then in year three, how it popped could be a way that it could pop in year three with the Bears. The concern, too, though, Sylvie, when I heard that, that was my thought. I'm, I hope Kevin Warren, though, can actually recognize that, and he doesn't just want to see that because he's hopeful, right? right? Like, well, because, like, wish it into existence. Yes, like, continuity for continuity's sake is not necessarily a good thing. It's like, no different, Jeff, than making decisions, uncomfortable decisions in a lot of instances are the right decisions. But human nature would lead you to make a, a decision that leaves you most comfortable. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone to make the right decisions. And again, because it's most recent, I always reference what they did with the Cubs. Well, they decided that the, the comfortable decision wasn't the right decision. The well, well, isn't Arlington Heights, if they do move on from Arlington Heights, a lesson in that? They purchased Arlington Heights. Right. Isn't the easier decision to just go with the land that they purchased? But if it didn't work best for their long-term plan, they said, look, we got to move off of this. They're not giving us exactly what we want. We want the perfect scenario. So then they went back to the drawing board, even though they purchased it for three hundred million or whatever. What, how it was much? Wasn't it a hundred oh, something million, 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 what, million or hundred eighty? Whatever, million? like hundred ninety million, whatever it was. Like, so isn't that with a coach? Like, yeah, we have our coach, we have the land here, but if it's not the perfect scenario for us, isn't it time to go back to the drawing board? You would think so. Again, the, the, the good news here is, is that they've got an infinite, well, there's not an infinite, but they've got a large amount of resources, salary cap space, draft currency. They've got options. They've got different avenues that they can take, and these are all good options from my perspective. You just got to make sure that these are all good decisions. That's the job of a president of a franchise or the general manager of a franchise. You make good decisions, your team flourishes and you were heralded as the the great thing here in the city and you make a lot of money we're gonna go to um black and abdallah they're with lance briggs uh they're up at uh, a spot that we've been at before. crystal lake right? yes yes what's the name of the the place where they're at uh it's one of the places that we've been at uh, before up in crystal lake they're at fire bar and grill in crystal lake that's right fire bar and grill very good fire bar um, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Braxy. Braxy's been waiting for a shout-out. Oh, really? He's been listening today. 
for the Bears talking. Have he we was, never shouted out Braxton? Well, no. He he was. I told him that he was good. If he was good on his field trip today, Where I would give him go? a shout out. Well, so, so not Braxton Jones. Not Braxton no, Jones. No, he gave up way too many pressures. Yeah, Braxton Silverman. He had a he had, he, uh, he was on a field trip, and I told him if he would behave, he would get a shout out. Today. Shout out to Braxton. So give him a shout out. Shout out to Braxton. There you go. So we he, love you, buddy. What did? Uh, what, where was he at on his field trip? They did like a bunch of stuff. I think they had laser tag today. They had some arcades. They had, like, that's it was, not, that's they not still, a field they, trip. That's like a play date. Well, yeah, they, they're still not back at school. Oh, they go back to school tomorrow. Okay. They've had. So they 19, went to like the field museum. Do you or know something? how many days off they've had for winter break? Too many. Nineteen. Too many. Nineteen days off. Look at this, my guys out there. Shout out to Jim Harbaugh. Shout out to Jim Harbaugh. He's out there with the gloves on. He's out there warming up his quarterbacks. Maybe he'll uh, call you God again tonight. Now, he didn't respond to my last text, oh, which no? is fine. Well, no, I told you that. That's why I said I don't have any in, inside How knowledge. many college football coaches would be out there with the gloves I on? Know. It's awesome. Like, he's got to be, oh, he's he's gotta gotta be one of one. I told you. He's, he's got, got receiver gloves. gloves. He's out there warming up his quarterbacks. Is he doing this? He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that. He was flipping it back to someone who was throwing it back to McCarthy. All right, coming up next, uh, we will crosstalk with Black and Udall at Firebar and Crystal Lake. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Time for Crosstalk with Black and Abdallah brought to you by our great friends and partners at Steinhoffels. And they're out in Crystal Lake tonight at the Fire Bar and Grill. We've been there before. I believe this is their second time, boys, this year at Fire Bar and Grill. It's first time for us, but oh. uh, we're looking forward to it. This place is awesome. Yeah. It's a great spot. Yeah, it is. It's already, it's already pretty full, too. Get yeah. here now. Grab a couple of the tables that are left. People getting ready uh, to talk, listen to us talk some bears, to see Lance Briggs. And then uh, after us, you can catch the uh, national championship game with future Bears coach uh, Jim Harbaugh oh, uh, as he beats the, uh, you know, the Washington Huskies. I was going to go there. I mean, there's plenty of time for Bears talk, but as a college football guy or guys, both of you, yeah. what do you expect to happen tonight? I think it's going to be a close game. Yes. I expect Washington to put up some points so yes. to be able to keep it close. I do think Michigan's probably the better team. I'm rooting for Washington to, to win, though. So uh, I, I like Hater. Penix, guys. I, I like the way that he throws it. And I, I just think that they've been a special team all season long. Well, so he's, I, got I think, some, he's got some weapons, too, Chris, doesn't yeah, he? And you, and yeah. You know, Waddle, you know what's interesting, though, is like, They've won a lot of close games. Yeah. And some people want to point to the fact that, like, yeah, you're playing close games because maybe you're not as good as some of the other teams that are at the top. But I like the ability that they have in their secondary to make plays at the end, to make plays, to win games, to get into position, and for Penix to execute. So I, I think there's something special to that. Yeah, I think, too, if you look at it, I saw a stat um, after the, uh, the college football, the semifinal, that... He, Roma Dunze and Michael Penix, when targeting him, when targeting Roma Dunze, when they're down in a game, he's like 21 for, of 22 for like 350 yards or something like that. Hmm. Just absolute clutch numbers, which is why I want the Bears to draft Roma Dunze. That's like, that's my guy. Like you can, because I don't, I don't think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a real option for them unless you, you take him first, because I think they're going to end up, I hope they end up trading out of that first pick. 
and then you can get Roma Dunze a little bit later on in the, in the first round. And then, so you would try, you would trade down to where to get him, or would you like where? Where is the neighborhood that they think he would be available? Um, I think you can get him because I think it's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you're going to have a run on more quarterbacks and then some edge guys. I've seen mock drafts that have him still there at nine. That have a Dunze still there at nine, where the Bears have We're their own. We're going to get pick. Bo Melton or Dontavian Wicks. We're going to get one of those guys as well. Third or fourth round? Is that where Yeah, I'm probably. Yeah, okay. yeah. You can probably get those guys a little bit later if you want whoever the new quarterback is for the Bears to throw to them. We end up with Tyler Scott, though. That's and, fine. And Valis. That's fine. And Valis. What do you mean that's fine? I mean, that's, I mean, that's it's not fine. fine. Listen, you got you to have someone to get them the ball, right? I've seen quarterbacks throw the ball to no-name guys all year. Well, how, how are you addressing that quarterback position? Well, you, I want – see, I don't know how you guys are. I, if, I, if I order cake – I want to eat it, too. Yes. I'm not just this guy that likes to look, st- stand there and look at cake. It's, it's weird. Worst, it's the worst expression out there. It is. It? It's dumb. Who doesn't want to have their cake yes. or pie or whatever and eat it, too? Who orders That's it weird. and leaves what it there? This, what was the genesis of the beginning of that? I don't thing? know. I didn't look it up before I, I made this have analogy. I my cake and eat it, too. But my point is this. The, that, to me, that first overall pick is too valuable to just take someone and just roll with whoever that is. I think that there's enough talent at the quarterback position this year that you could trade down to two or three or four even or wherever uh, you trade down to in that top five, get another first-round pick for next year like they're projecting you can get, take your quarterback there, take your wide receiver at nine, and still you know, have a successful draft in the first round. Like You don't have to get Caleb Williams. There what are other you, quarterbacks what there. What if you believe the top quarterback, whoever it is, is the second coming of C.J. Stroud? Well, then maybe you get him later on. Like well, no, he's going to be gone because everybody well, no, knows. Why does he have to, I thought, I thought that Caleb Williams was the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't know. I'm just saying if you're evaluating quarterbacks and you believe strongly that whoever it is, May or Caleb Williams. I don't know. Listen, I've seen I've, – I, I have a phone. I have a text chain. You guys and C.J. Stroud are like Stan Marsh in front of a computer. Like let's – I mean, he's I great, but means. but you look it up. Mean? Look up Stan Marsh computer, and you'll, you, you'll you understand. Don't understand. Google it on a work phone. Yeah, you'll understand. Or a work computer. I'm not going to. I'll do send that. it to you guys. Yeah. I'll send it to I'm you right now. Okay, good, good. All right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Waddle, to answer your question. Play. My bad. To answer your question, 1538. The phrase "a man cannot have his cake and eat his cake." Is what, what the original phrase? What is this? OnlyFans? Well, no, I'm just From saying. That's 1538. He, he, yeah, 1538 is where I'm seeing. Those are bad times. I'm you glad I didn't live during those times. Well, Imagine I bet the you cake they back, still then. back then. They had a quarterback up at Green Bay that could actually sling it. <laughs> I'm sure they did. That's when the run started. <laughs> back in 1538. Cake. Yes. All right, boys, have a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Lance, we say hi. We will. All right, there you go. It's Fire Bar and Grill, Crystal Lake. Go Fire see bar. the boys. Yeah, fire bar, fire bar. Uh, Black and Abdallah and then Lance Briggs joining them at 7 o'clock. Thank you to Justin for filling in today for Tyler Aki. Thank you to Meller as usual. Courtney Cronin joined us. She was up at Hallis Hall. Should be a very eventful next few days. So make sure you're with us each and every day. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night. And go Michigan.